Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! I'm not going to lie to you. This week is going to be pretty tough. <laughs> you thought last week was a tough defense to go against? Well, it only gets tougher from here. Welcome into the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning into this preview edition of the podcast where we talk about Purdue football pre- and post the action on Saturday, preview every single game, and recap the game every single week as well. And it's Ohio State week, and it's a week that I think a lot of people have been talking about more than I expected. Um, Not only just amongst the Purdue fans, and groups, and writers, and fans that I follow, Uh, but it's a little bit outside of just that kind of Purdue cluster of people that have been, you know, mentioning or giving some analysis of Ohio State Purdue more than I anticipated because I mean, if if you look at the spread, it's a 19-point spread. It's nearly a three-touchdown game. And if it was at Ohio State, it probably would be. It would probably be a 21-22 point spread, but the game is in Ross-Aid. And that spread has moved around a little bit. And where I got my latest number was Bet Online. And they are a proud sponsor, and we're happy to have them here on the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast here on the Believe Network. And BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info. And you can get up to the minute stats, news, scores, matchup, breakdowns, get the latest odds, spreads, totals from the NFL, college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff, all the way to the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests anywhere available online. Head to the website today to get uh, your 50% off bonus. You can get that in on the action as well on your mobile device. Just remember to use the promo code that we've been telling you for weeks now. Uh, B-L-E-A-V. Believe. That is obviously fitting for the name of the network. So you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up and use that code. It'll be a really good bonus for you to have, and hopefully you make the right bet and you earn some extra cash. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, I think that this week is going to be tough 
for a lot of different reasons. And it's not only that it's Ohio State, it's that you are down some pretty pretty big pieces. And you're going to be without some key pieces for the rest of the year. As we found out on Monday um, from Ryan Walter's press conference, um, Marcus Bow, um, Marquise Brown, Marquise Wilson, excuse me. I've messed up his name multiple times um, this season. Uh, Max Clare, all out. All out for the season. Don't expect them to be back. Um, you'll have Daniel Johnson or Ben Farrell um, in for Marcus Bow at right tackle this week. Both those guys have some experience, have been um, with the program um, um, for some time. And those guys are experienced, have been in the, the college game for a few years now. And it's definitely a hindrance, especially when you're going up against the likes of uh, Jack Sawyer off the edge. I mean, kids, kids, a beast um, or JT to uh, Alamaka um, off the edge as well. Who's just a, a one man wrecking crew. So it's, it's going to be difficult with that loss specifically because of the pass rush you're going to be facing this week. And it's also detrimental for Max Claire to be out because if we just had the combination of Claire and Garrett Miller for more than a week, if I think they were healthy both at the same time for like a week, but I think it was in that period where Miller was kind of getting back in and starting to see his reps increase um, from week to week. And we never really got to see those two guys out there. I think for maybe one game, I think it was, might've been the Wisconsin game, the game that uh, Max got hurt. Uh, I think it was maybe later on in the game. He got hurt if I'm, if I'm not uh, mistaken. So, but you also lose Marquise Wilson for the year. That really hurts a lot. I thought he was playing better as the season went along. Uh, became maybe one of your best cover guys. Uh, maybe was the best cover guys on the outside. And that hurts, especially this week. Because, man, you were going up against a talented receiving core. Um, not just at the wide receiver position, but at tight end as well and you're going up against a quarterback that is definitely gaining some confidence as the season goes along here so i i would expect those losses to probably be magnified this week luckily you get the bye next week and you know you've been playing without claire and wilson for um essentially already a week now because uh, Max didn't play last week, um, and Marquise didn't play as well. You had Derek Rogers Jr. play as uh, a true freshman. So you have two freshmen, true, true freshmen, in that uh, starting lineup in the secondary, and that's what worries me the most about this weekend. I, I think if you're at full strength and you have Marquise back there, 
maybe you can hold them down to less than 40 points. Maybe you can hold them down to the low 30s. But I don't think that it's going to be possible this week. I'm I'm not as optimistic as some people um, would would hope coming into this match, and I and I don't think uh, you're going to surprise Ohio State with really anything that you're going to do um, defensively, offensively. So uh, you're not going to be be able to outmatch them talent wise. You're going to have to come up with a game plan that's super creative and uh i'll try to dive into what the guys can do on both sides of the ball um with walters and kevin kane and and uh, graham harrell coming up here this saturday um don't expect tyron tracy jr at all um as well this week at least uh, i think the plan is hopefully get him back for uh for nebraska in a couple weeks after the bye so injuries are piling up and this team really started off the year with some uh injury bug uh, with Jamal Erdine uh in in the fall camp you've had a couple of guys out for um the uh, pretty much the entire year um especially in the special teams and that secondary now uh, they haven't been at full strength all year and on one hand, you're getting some younger guys more into the rotation. Um, I don't, I don't remember OC brothers. There might be a chance for him to play this week, if I remember um, what Ryan Walters uh, said said correctly. There's a chance he could come back, and that would be huge, be huge. Um, so I maybe he doesn't come back, and and it's still, you know a couple of the younger guys uh, back there as well in the, in the front seven. But I, I think it's a, it's a big week for that secondary and that defensive front to get after an Ohio state offensive front that has struggled at times this year. And maybe a quarterback that is gaining confidence, but you never know. Ohio state plays Penn state next week. It's at Columbus, but if it was on the road in uh, in Happy Valley, maybe I would be saying they're looking ahead a little bit. There's a chance you might be able to jump on them, and I'll give you a stat that might help produce case if that is the the way the first half plays out. If this game does start kind of slow, so but we'll see. Let's uh, kind of get a bigger picture of this matchup here with number three Ohio State at Purdue. On Saturday, Buckeyes a 19-point favorite, and uh, over-under is 49. So Vegas expects a low-scoring game. I think it has to do with some of the weather conditions. I think it's supposed to be rainy on Saturday, at least wet, um, with the chance of showers kind of all day, afternoon, um, into into the evening. So I think that might have played, because I think it was all up to like 51. I think it's dropped a couple points in the last day or two. So, um, from Ben Stevens on X, the Boilermakers have 17 wins against AP top five opponents as an unranked team. Um, that's since the AP poll era started back in 1936. That also includes Ohio State's last trip to Ross Aid in 2018 when Purdue had a huge 49 to 20 Purdue win 
if you remember, that was the Tyler Trent game. Um, and this is a hammer down uh, cancer game. So I I would anticipate, you know, some emotion. Um, that game is probably going to be talked about quite a bit coming in. And I think that I think it's going to be brought up in the broadcast. And I don't know how much you can play into that. I, I know Ryan Walters said he was going to mention in a team meeting the, you know, the historical um, parts of this matchup. And I expect this matchup, this past game in 2018, to be talked about in a team meeting maybe once or twice this week. And uh, especially the hammer down to cancer aspect as well being a, a part of this game. And I I think there's going to be um, a little maybe just a, maybe touch extra juice. I mean, you're coming off in a, in a game where you felt like you should have played a whole lot better and you could have executed just maybe a couple more plays and you're winning that game. You know, you don't throw uh, the interception to Cooper DeGene and he returns it back to the 10. You know, there's three points off the board right there. Maybe you punt it as a result on that drive, and we all saw Iowa struggle to go down the field and establish a length of drive, a lengthy drive with any consistency throughout that game. Ohio State's not a complete polar opposite to what Iowa is offensively. Um, Ohio State has uh, has one of the top passing offenses in the conference. I think they're top 30 in the country they've kind of like i said had a slow start to their season and um have really struggled at times to really get high flying in games i think they were tied 17 to 17 at halftime with maryland last week before ended up winning by 20 and that's kind of how i feel this game will go uh, in a similar fashion um I, I'm I'm just trying to figure out a path for Purdue to stay in this game, give themselves a chance, but it's it's really hard for me to find the area that Purdue can exploit. I think Ohio State is gonna have to make the mistakes here. And they really haven't made a ton so far as far as you know turnovers piling up. Uh, it's just been they haven't been able to finish drives or execute um, with some throws from Kyle McCord. But like I said, I think he's growing in confidence ever since that game-winning drive at Notre Dame. He's been much more confident, and I think the only way you're going to get him off his game is getting pressure on him. And not allowing them to establish a run game as well, which we've seen Purdue be pretty good at, pretty solid. You know, outside of that big run from Caleb Johnson last week, Iowa didn't do a ton on the ground. Um, they were able to get some more chunk plays in that second half, but I think the defense was, you know, starting to wear down just a little bit because it felt like they were on the field quite a bit. And I just think that with having such a young secondary, a mix of younger guys, I think you're just going to have to try to get as much pressure on Kyle McCord as well. Maybe you blitz 
more often, more uh, maybe have m- more guys coming at, at at a time with the offensive line that for Ohio State that has struggled. Um, they've given up some sacks, given up a lot of pressure. They're struggling to run the ball consistently. I mean, they have the talent there all across the field and in the backfield. But it's just the offensive line has really been the weakest part of this entire team for Ohio State. And if you can get after them, if you can get some pressure like this team has shown in the past against, you know, shaky offensive lines, and they really didn't come to play last week against an Iowa offensive line that was missing a couple of guys. But if you can dial up some timely blitzes and get off the field, and keep that Ohio State offense on the sideline, that's how you're going to win this game. I know it sounds stupid easy, and you know you hear that be the game plan in generic terms all the time for teams that have high-powered offenses. you got to keep them on the sideline. you got to not allow them to stay on the field and and wear you down and, and have these big explosive plays. Well, that's it. That's how Purdue wins this game is unless Ohio State turns the ball over three to four times, which I don't anticipate happening. So I I just don't know if it's going to be a case where um, Ohio State turns the ball over uh, a ton and Purdue is giving themselves short fields to um, go down the field uh, or use those short fields to just make quick scores and get up on Ohio state. I just, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I just think with what Ohio state has at the receiving core with Marvin Harrison, Jr. With Emeka Abuka, Julian Fleming, tight end Cade Stover, I mean, they just have all these areas of the field that they can use in the pass game that, and with the secondary that has, you know, started to find its footing here in these last few weeks. But I think that's mostly because the offenses that they have faced in these last two weeks, especially, been hot garbage. So, yes, they've, you know, given up. 20 points or less in the last couple of weeks, but, and they've been able to get off the field. Purdue's defense has been really good on third down. And I think that's a byproduct of them on defense and the offenses that they've faced. Offenses have been bad. They've been facing terrible quarterback play that aren't able to either get the ball in the correct spot on third down or are just making uh, a throwaway. Uh, in the last two games, opposing teams are 5 of 27 on third down. Now, if you can have that percentage against Ohio State, I think you give yourself a chance. But that all depends on if Ohio State is getting those first downs on uh, first and second down. If you can get them to third down and perform at that level, um, percentage-wise, under 25%, I think you give yourself a chance to be in this game, make it low-scoring, Keep them with a, um, a reasonable distance to a one-score game throughout, 
that's how it's going to have to happen. Otherwise, I don't, I don't think that Purdue has a chance. It's, it's going to take shutting down uh, the running attack, making this a team that is on Kyle McCord's uh, shoulders, an offense that on, is, relies all on him to make plays, making him feel pressure. You have to do that. You have to dial up more blisses. You have to get after him against an offensive line, like I said, that's been shaky um, this season and make him be, you know, the high profile quarterback that he came in out of high school and has been in this system now for a couple of years. So that's the game plan for the defense. Get pressure on Kyle McCord as much as you can, make him feel uncomfortable because, you know, there's a decent chance you can rattle him, but it's just, it's difficult for, um, opposing defenses unless you have the guys up front unless you have a secondary uh like a notre dame secondary which um features you know a couple of guys that are going to be playing on sundays in a couple years i don't think purdue has that at the moment um i could be wrong but I, i just don't feel that way at this time i think these guys in the back end can be very good very good college football players by the time they graduate but I, I just think right now the 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 youth and the inexperience is just going to show up on Saturday, and some of these guys could allow big plays that you just haven't seen Purdue give up a ton here recently through the air. And it, I think it could happen on Saturday. You got to keep everything in front of you. Don't let those guys get behind you if they get behind you. And the way that Purdue plays his defense with Thieneman all the way you know, off the ball, that gives him a good starting spot, but he can't get beat. If Thieneman gets beat, it's it's over. Um, he needs to go out and and not play like a freshman, and he hasn't been. He's been playing like he's been in uh, this system for for a long time, like he's been in college football for you know two to three years now. But. I think he's he's got to play a really solid game and not get beat not get beat deep at all for Purdue to have a chance in this game. On the offensive side for Purdue. You're facing a defense that's even better than last week. That's what the numbers tell you. And watching Ohio State Oh, how many times? Three, four times, including, you know, all of the game last week, all the Notre Dame game, all the IU game. Uh, I didn't watch the Western Kentucky game because it got out of, out of hand early. Uh, but they faced, you know, a really good quarterback in Austin Reed for the Hilltoppers. Um, he could be um, a guy that, you know, gets a, a late round draft picked next, next year in next year's NFL draft. With the injuries that you have faced on that side of the ball, with no Tracy, no Bo, no Claire, Hudson Card is banged up. Um, Ryan Walters said on Monday that he got hurt in the Illinois game, toughed out the Iowa game, and just got his butt whipped for the entire game with the tackles for loss and uh, the sacks that they gave up 
too many that you got to keep them upright. This is going to be a defensive front that can get after you and get, and cause pressure with not having to blitz. The guys that they have up front uh, along the along the line are really good all the way across, up the middle, on the outside, that they don't have to bring the house for um, opposing offenses to struggle with pressure. Um, With Jim Knowles' defense, um, they've definitely improved from year one to year two with him as the DC. And you're going to have to get some big plays out of your playmakers. Um, we've had, we had some comments. I, we had, we had people comment in the, in the YouTube stream last week that, you know, they thought card was playing hurt or he was sick last week. And, you know, I, it was hard for me to tell just because, um, I thought he just was playing poorly. I didn't see him limping around, holding on to stuff. Maybe I, maybe I wasn't just paying that close of an enough of attention, but you know, maybe those, I, I just don't think the decision-making that he had, you know, explains those where he was making the, the throws behind his head and getting, you know, costly penalties of, of intentional grounding penalties. Those were just, those didn't feel like injury or sickness things to me, but you know, I, I think that going up against a secondary that is, on par with what Iowa has, I, I think that you're going to have to be able to run the ball a, a little bit. You're going to have to try to be somewhat balanced. I don't think you're going to be able to get big plays on this Ohio State secondary unless you really start to drop some you know, really good game plans. And we haven't really seen that from Graham Harrell. You know, there's been a few deep shots that they've taken. I think it's going to have to take a really good game from Hudson Card as long as he stays through, healthy throughout four quarters because if he can, get, if he can stay healthy, you know, you got the, the bye week next week to where you can get fully healthy and not have to worry about, um, you know, injuries going into the Nebraska game. That'd be a, definitely a good week for, uh, to get healthy because you ultimately need that game if you want to have your season uh, past November. So I I think that the defense for Ohio State, solid, stout up front, really good at all three levels. They're eighth in the nation in total defense. They have three defensive touchdowns so far this year, and Purdue has to run the ball. Purdue has to get Devin Mockaby going. They have to have him have a big game. You have to have Burks have a big game, make those plays that, you know, are similar to a Rondale Moore type. Um, you just, you got to have your guys make plays. You need these big plays, momentum-changing plays. So if you remember, if you go all the way back to that 2018 game, it was play one play after another after another, David a David Bell type you know, that is going to make a big play, a big splash that changes the momentum, gets the crowd into it. Because if, if Ohio State comes out and gets up early, gets up 14, 17, nothing, crowd's out of it. You're, you need this crowd to be in it all the way, get Ohio State back on their heels. I mean, they're not going to be afraid of the environment, but you just need 
you know, to land a punch early. And whether that's a big play to Burks, whether that's a big run by Maccabee that sets up, you know, a touchdown within your first couple of drives, you can't have this game be out of hand by halftime. If if Ohio State is up two, three scores, 17 points in that range at halftime, game, game is over. I, I just don't. You need it to be a one-score game, a three-point game at halftime. Um, and worst-case scenario, you know, Purdue, Purdue leads at halftime or is tied. That's even better. It's great because in the third quarter, Purdue is outscoring teams 49-17. to 17. So you can have this game be close at halftime. Purdue has shown that they come out of the halftime break and are able to score and keep opposing teams down. So you got to be able to have this thing close around halftime. Stay in it as long as possible. I mean, that sounds very obvious, but you got to do it if you want to have this upset chance at all. I don't think Purdue is going to be able to pull off the upset. I think the injuries are too much. I think Ohio State has finally found its footing um, with with the offense, even though there's still some things for them to work out. I mean, they still have plenty of time. Um, I think that, you know, this is a chance for them to continue to trend on that direction because they have a huge game next week against Penn State. And the only chance Purdue has is to catch Ohio State looking ahead, get off to a slow start. Purdue keeps this game close. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Ohio State isn't going to run away with this game early. I think it's just going to be a slow burn, a crockpotting of sorts, where it's just going to be a long cook, a long death over 60 minutes. And Ohio State is going to win this game 38-17. to I just don't think the offense for Purdue is in the spot in the position to keep pace with an Ohio state, even though it's not the same Ohio state that we've seen the last five, 10 years that has been high flying. And it's just a little bit different of how they're going to try and beat you, but it's still a team that can put up uh, a lot of points in a hurry. If Kyle McCord is comfortable. So you got, you got to get after him. You got to get after him. So, Thank you guys for so much for letting me ramble on for about 30 minutes here or so about this game. I hope it doesn't go this way, but I just have this feeling that Purdue is is going to struggle. I, I said from the onset of the season that this is going to be a tough game because Ohio State had pretty much everything coming back except for the quarterback, and their quarterback is improving, getting more confident week after week that this is going to be a tough game. So. You have a little crucial stretch here of of tough games, tough defenses that you're going to go against before finishing off the year with a, a three game stretch where season, you know, could go one of two ways. Whether it goes even further into the tank, or you come out on the other side and you're in a bowl game. But we'll talk more about that after this week during the bye week. So until then, and until Sunday morning. 
I hope you guys are checking out the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you like to listen or watch. Follow me on social media at Bryce Double underscore Vance. This has been another edition of Behind the Rails of Purdue Football presented by Bet Online on the Believe Network. I'll see you guys on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.